everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Debating Metal. I am your host, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. Today, we welcome back Sklo to the show. Hello, Sklo. Hello. Thanks for having me, fellas. Two out of three of us are really big KISS fans, and one of us is getting there. And so we thought, with their career winding down in the next few weeks, we'd do a rundown of all their albums. And with so many albums to go through, we decided to split this episode into two parts. So we present to you, KISS, Worst to First. Having released 24 studio albums, including their 1978 solo albums, eight live albums, and various compilations, and a box set, KISS are one of the best-selling American bands in the history of music. With 30 gold and platinum albums to their credit in the U.S. alone, KISS has been a staple of the hard rock and heavy metal scene for 50 years. On this episode, Kenneth, Sklo, and myself rank their albums from what we think is their worst all the way up to what we believe is their very best. And once we're done with that, we'll give you our big four KISS members. So sit back, relax, turn it up to 11, and let the debate begin. KISS, worst to first. Sklo, Chris... This is going to be an interesting episode. We're ranking the 24 albums from Kiss. It was a big undertaking. Um, I had not heard all the albums in their entirety. I can, I can say that for sure. Uh, now I have. I've listened to every single Kiss album over the course of two weeks. And I found some stuff I really loved and some stuff that I did not love so much so i think we'll be getting that to that sooner and then we'll end off with the best of the best so what about you sclo yeah um you know i've been a kiss fan my whole life uh basically since i was you know six seven eight years old i've listened to them and uh they were pretty much my first favorite band in quotes here um so i've listened to all these albums a lot uh some and it's been a while since i've listened to a lot of these albums to be honest and you know, I honestly surprised myself on, you know, I ranked albums probably higher than I initially thought I'd rank certain albums and lower than I thought I would on some, which is interesting. So uh, after re-listening to a lot of these and, uh, and maybe it's as I get older, I, you know, things change with the way I hear things or whatever. But um, so, yeah, it was a really big undertaking for me as well. I did the same thing the last two weeks. I really spent a lot of time basically I listened to all all 24 albums in its entirety. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun actually, uh, hearing songs again that I haven't heard in a while. Um, so I had a, a lot of fun doing this. It, it is quite the undertaking to listen to 24 albums. Uh, you know, and, and <clears throat> I know Chris, uh, Chris, you don't have anybody in your house that's going to tell you, don't, don't put this on, or, you know, I don't know if you listen to it on headphones or if you're listening to it out loud, you know, in my case, and I'm pretty sure slow has the same issue. It's not like you could just sit there and crank it up in the middle of the living room when, you know, someone's trying to watch TV or something like that, you know? Yeah. My so. dog didn't complain <laughs> at all. Like she, she was cool about it. So <laughs> slow. How was your cat with the, with all the kiss? <laughs> uh, she was fine. Honestly, it works out. She well really enjoyed I Peter Chris. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She was meowing every time uh, he was singing on his solo. But no, it, for me, honestly, it works out well. I work, you know, I worked from home and, I a lot of the work I do, I, I listen to music throughout the day, so I, I can actually turn it up a little bit. It just my wife works next to me in her office, so I have to keep you know certain times when she has her work going on at meetings, I have to uh, I have to keep it down. But you know, usually when she's not, I can I can turn it up a little bit. So it's not bad actually. It works out well. 
was she listening to like the Ace Freely solo albums in the next Office Over? Like <laughs> she was singing all she was singing all the tunes. I could hear her singing everything. Does she, does she getting... like does she like that kind of music or, or is she a little bit softer? No, she does like that music, but she's not a big KISS fan, but she does like a lot of you know, she'll like she'll she goes to concerts, you know, she was a big corn fan you know back when we first started dating she still likes them too and she likes the deftones and listens to obviously she likes metallica and and bands like that and she's a big ghost fan and foo fighters fan so yeah she's she's always been she's been into it, so she can she can she likes it and uh she likes listening to it so but kiss is not one that she's been you know doesn't hate him or anything but i think it's not her uh, favorite Fair cool. which you get which a lot of people are it's either you love them or you hate them honestly with a lot of people yeah, that's very true, especially nowadays. <laughs> yes, 100%. All right, so let's get this show on the road here, as we should say, or shall say. Um, so Kiss, worst to first, we're going to rank them from 24 all the way to number one, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about each album as as we go along, and we'll try not to uh, step on each other's toes too much. All right, so Chris K., why don't you go ahead and start it off? All right. So when I was listening to all these and as I was going through, I was finding, you know, oh, okay, well, this one goes above the other. I like this. This has more songs that I enjoyed. The production maybe was a little bit better on this album, so it might push it ahead or something like that. But there was one album. There was one album that just stood out to me that I just really disliked. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's... Also unfortunate that that's the longest album that they put out. They just kept putting songs on it. And, uh, you know, why? Um, <laughs> my number 24 is Hot in the Shade. Um, that was their 19th album. Uh, of that album, I only liked one song that I genuinely thought was a good song, and that was Rise to It, the first track. Um, other than that, I enjoyed about five of the 15 tracks. Um, King of Hearts... Little Caesar, Boomerang, and Read My Body. Um, so a couple notes that I took as I'm listening to this. And one of the big things that just I hated about it was the production itself was, it's not bad, but what they did was they muddied everything up and they, they pushed the drums so back that they were so far back that they were like barely there. The, he, it's, it's just, it's gross. Um, you have the band trying to do a lot of things like just kind of hang on to the career that they had. And it's, it's really sad. Like I, I made a joke about King of Hearts is a, is a Paul Stan Jovi song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that read my body is like a poor man's pour some sugar on me. Um, it's just kind of a nothing album. Um, it's just, it, I think the biggest sin that it carries is that it's, boring and i it i was so bored that i started to hate it as i was listening to it so above anything else like i could i could find way more to enjoy on just anything else on their catalog but this album for me just stood out as the absolute worst all righty then well tell us how you really feel <laughs> <laughs> all right well um Sklo, what's your number 24 so for me, I don't know, being a Kiss fan, I, I like all of them, to be honest. Uh, but you got to put one at the bottom. And I mean, some are like not as good. And and I did the same thing as you, Chris, is I, I would listen to an album. I'd put it, you know, I listened to the first album. And of course, I put it first. And I listened to the next album. And I compared it to that one to see where it fall. And I kind of did that as I went through. 
Um, you know, I had an idea how I would certain albums I think would be higher than others going into it, but you know, you still want to re-listen to everything and hear them all out. So for me, this actually was a surprise that I had it last after I got done ranking everything. I just said, you know what, I'm going to rank them all. Boom. And I'm going to rank them. I'm not going to try to get me like, you know, change my mind on anything. I listened to them. This is where I felt when I listened to them. So Peter Chris was my 24 um, album. This album, honestly, there's nothing on there that really stood out to me at all. Um, the, the one positive that I, that I love that I actually didn't know, which being a fan, I had no idea that uh, Steve Lukather, you know, the founding member of Toto, was, you know, played solo on two of the songs. Not sure if you guys knew that or not. I'm sure you looked it up or you maybe knew that already. I didn't know that. I saw that he played on it, but I didn't know. What, I didn't check what songs. Yeah, he uh, he played solos on that's uh, that's the king of sugar pop pop up king of sugar pop looks and hooked on rock and roll. So that was a positive for me. I, I just I mean I don't if I had to rank them that's that's where I put it. And it was just it was something that when I was listening to it I was like okay I was like all right it's it's okay. I mean I don't see myself putting it on anytime soon. I, I can totally understand that because it, it is such an outlier in their catalog. It, it just, it doesn't feel like a Kiss album per se. And like in that context, it definitely is like, if you don't like like Rod Stewart kind of music, then you're not going to like that Peter Chris music album. So I get that. Yeah. yeah you hit on the head there. I, I, I Exactly. So that's where I'm at 24. All right. Well, I agree with you, Sklo. My number 24 is Peter Chris too. And so I listened to it the other day and quite honestly, I found no redeeming value in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's saying something in all honesty though. Um, one song I do like on that album and I've liked it since I was a kid when I first heard it is the song. I can't stop the rain last song on the album. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what's your favorite songs? Both of you, what's your favorite song on the album? What do you think is the worst song on the album? I can't stop the rain is my favorite. Uh, the worst one for me, uh, any of the above <laughs> that, <laughs> um, yeah let me look at my tiny tiny notes that i have here because this spreadsheet's so small um <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think i think honestly i can't i agree with dean there I, I can't stop the rain and and honestly the least favorite oh, man i i i don't know honestly i don't know i, I really I mean, don't I, I listened to it the other day i mean don't you let me down There's yeah about it uh I mean, turn it's not bad i don't mind well Tossin and turn that's a cover song so i'm like yeah okay. exactly that's what i'm saying it's a cover so it's like you know so but i, I just thought i mean if, from what i understand a lot of these songs were originals that were that were from pre-kiss days that he brought over from his i guess he was in band chelsea or yes. something like that so yeah, i don't know i can't stop the rain is probably the best one hooked on rock and roll is not bad tossing and turning is a cover so i mean it was a good cover or actually it was a good original song his covers okay it's adequate so that's my number 24 okay what was your you didn't i don't think you said what your favorite song was chris or yeah chris for Peter uh, Peter Chris. Oh, I haven't I mean, gotten to that one yet. So that stretch, right? I'm going to hold on to that. But but just just so we stay in line, um, on on in the shade, uh, my favorite song was "Rise to It," and then I thought the worst were "Cadillac Dreams" and "You Love Me to Hate You." Uh, just pretty much despise those songs. You so. love me to hate you. That's a that's a Desmond Child song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him, 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 him and his twisted titles. So that's the cool thing. All right, so Chris, you're number 23. 
All right. So my number 23, I actually did like this better than Hot in the Shade. Now, I had I had some some questions about it as I was listening to it because it, it was just such an odd direction for this band to go. Uh, and that was Carnival of Souls, uh, the final sessions. So for me, I, I did like a couple songs on it. I liked I Will Be There and I Confess. I thought those were pretty decent. Um, but obviously this was a weird one because it, it almost never came out. It did, it did finally release in 1997 before the, uh, reunion with Ace and Peter. And I mean, part of that was it got leaked to the public. So they kind of were forced to, to, to put the album out, but I, I had um, one of those leaks, <laughs> but just such a weird choice. I mean, I can absolutely see why it was shelved. Uh, the lyrics really do kind of come off as disingenuous because it's like you got 50 year old guys that are singing about angsty things that like that Nirvana was singing and, and three, you know, three, four years later, you know, really towards the end of the grunge movement. Um, I don't understand what they were planning to do with their tour. Like if they were going to tour with this album, right. And then you you sing some angsty song, like, like I confess. And then the next song is something poppy off of hot in the shade. Like, what the hell are they doing? Um, you know, Paul's voice, I think, is just totally wrong for this genre, whereas, like, I think Gene's voice worked fairly well. Um, and the riffs are just kind of there. Like, there's nothing that really blew me away. Um, I would say my, my favorite song in there was I Confess, and the worst one was Rain. It just, that, it was so, like, fake, angsty, it is bad. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't wait to get to that one. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Uh, Sklo, what's your number twenty-three? My number twenty-three is Unmasked, nineteen eighty. Wow. Yeah, I have a low. Uh, I didn't like. I don't. After listening, to, it's been a while since I listened to it. But after listening to it recently, I uh, I don't know. I just I don't like the production that well that much. Um, I, you know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Shandy. <laughs> Uh, uh, that, you know, it's a song that was pretty much a big song off that album. Um, that's probably my least favorite song, honestly, on it. Uh, and I, I really like Talk To Me. I mean, t yeah, Talk To Me. Bass Fraley sings on that one. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, nothing else to really say. I, I just didn't love the production of the album. Um, you know, it came out after, right after Dynasty during those disco years. And um, just, I don't know. I just, not, not a, after listening to it, I, you know, it's, that's kind of where I had it. And I just didn't, you know, again, you know, one cool thing I always look, I always look at that. I always like looking at like, you know, who else played on the album and everything else. And, you know, that one had a Bob Kulik, you know, Bruce Kulik's brother was on that as an additional guitar player. Uh, they brought him in for that. So that was pretty cool to, to see that. Um, and that's where Anton Fig played drums on it. They didn't really, you know, Peter didn't even play on that album. And, uh, you know, but he's on the cover, of course. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's, I think that's a big part of it for me is like, you know, I do like having the original members involved and I know there's a lot going on there and there's a lot of, you know, between all those members and, you know, Peter Chris isn't even, he's not even on the record at all. And that's not why it's ranked there, but it's for me personally, I just didn't think it was what I wanted and didn't love it. Ah, I could, I could see all your points. I, I get that. I mean, Anton has a very different drum sound than, than Peter too. And, yeah. and you can, you, you, like, if you thought that was Peter playing, I could totally understand. But, but, you know, knowing and yeah. like, they sound very different. Yeah. And it's not even because he's on the album. It's just for me, it's just like, you know, I, 
I, uh, I mean, I think he played fine on the album. I don't even have an issue with that. It's just, it's more of just in general, I th- the quality of the album for me, production, I just didn't, don't love it as much as the other, you know, all the other ones above it. You're like, slow. you're like eight, seven, eight years old when this album came out. Uh, I was five. You were five. I was born in 75. It came out in eight. Okay. So yeah. So you're five years old. You know, you don't know that it's not Peter Chris, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 11 years old and I was just excited that there was a new kiss album. Yeah. You know, I had no idea. I mean, I saw Peter on the cover. They said Peter was on the, you know, on, on the credits. I'm like, all right, you know, that's it. It's Peter Chris. But then, you know, later on, all of a sudden I'm watching kids or people too on ABC and Hey, look, we're introducing our new drummer, Eric Carr. I'm like, Holy shit. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> So that's, that's those weird things when you're a kid, you know, you, you, you don't realize. Yep. All right. So number 23 for me, uh, is the, um, just one step above Peter Chris in redeeming value, uh, psycho circus. Uh, I don't know how you guys are rating this higher than, than, than this one, but, um, I, I listened to this album and it's to me, it is a clusterfuck of, of noise coming from every direction. You've got the band is completely separate in almost everything they're doing. You know, Peter doesn't play on, but one album on one, on two songs, one track in terms of drums, you know, so someone else played the drums in the whole album. Uh, you know, Ace Freely's only singing on a couple of songs and playing guitar on a couple of songs. It, basically it's, it's Tommy Thayer um, playing most of the lead guitar and Bruce Kulick throwing in a few licks here and there. So it's, it's, it's like, Everybody from Kiss at this point, except for Vinnie Vincent, was involved in this project. And it sounds like it's just, I mean, the production's off. And, you know, Bruce Fairburn, great producer. This album does not sound like a Bruce Fairburn album whatsoever. So I I was just turned off by it. Psycho Circus is a decent song. It's going to be my favorite song on the album. But um, maybe Into the Void, a close second. Uh, The worst song on this album for me, it's, yeah, God. Uh, just pick a journey of a thousand years dreaming. It's just, there's just a lot of bad songs and they, they tried to make it seem like they were cohesive, but no, they were just like, you know, water, watered down glue, just spreading all over the place. It's just bullshit. <laughs> 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 so anyway, uh, number 22, Casey Avenue. <laughs> My number 22 is Gene Simmons. Um, it's really dated uh, and not in a good way. I thought the album overall was pretty boring. Um, I disliked more than I liked, honestly. Like There was a lot of things like putting in background singers and I thought that was really overused. Um, you know, even the songs that I did enjoy just went on too long. Like it was almost like he didn't have any idea of like how to keep a song at a good length, which is weird because Gene to me is one of the better songwriters for Kiss in general. So I don't know what he was doing with this album. I'll give him credit for trying new things for sure. Like there's, I I would say Mister Make Believe for for you know for sure is my favorite song that he did on the album um i enjoyed radioactive although the intro i thought was kind of lame um see you tonight wasn't bad man of a A thousand faces uh see you in your dreams those were all pretty decent um 
I don't know why the hell he thought it was a good idea to put when you wish upon a star on this thing. I mean, that's the biggest piece of shit. I have an answer for that. <laughs> okay. Well, well, it was, it was dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> well, when you, when you think about the reasons why he put it on there, then you kind of understand. Basically, if you, if you listen to any Gene Simmons interview from over the years, the fact that he lives in America, the fact that he's able to make him something of himself, mm -hmm. uh, his wish came true. And so well, my wish did not come true. That was why he chose to put that on there because it was one of those things. It was just a lifelong dream. He had made it. He, he, so it was one of those things that he was expressing himself in that terms. Did he do a good job? Let, that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is, um, it was on the album. I didn't understand why they covered see you in your dreams or he covered his own song. Yeah, it was, it's okay. Like it was, it was a fine cover. Um, Kiss you know, <laughs> for sure. A hundred percent. Um, but th that, I mean, that's why it ended up so low on my list. I, th I just thought it was way overproduced. Like they were trying too many things to make it sound bombastic and huge. And it, it just ended up being like just too much. Yep. All right. Uh, slow. What's your number 22? My number 22 is Monster, 2012, the second studio album with the, the current lineup they have. Um, you know, it's, it's good, you know, I, but nothing really stood out to me. I, the production's fine. I don't have an issue with the production or anything. Uh, none of the songs really stood out to me on the album at all, like where I, you know, go out and, you know, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll you know, I'll put this on my playlist right now. You know, there's nothing. But, it, it, but I do, I did think the, the production was pretty good in it. You know, it came out really well, um, but there's nothing that really you know stood out. You know, all four you know all four members are pretty much playing on every song, of course, and um, really didn't even bring anybody else in to be honest. There was uh, Brian Wheel and played piano on Freak. Uh, other than that, uh, nobody else played anything on the album. So, um, but yeah, for me, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, Monster. Oh, gotcha. Um Number 22 for me, I agree with, uh, with Chris K, uh, Gene Simmons, um, to, to, to expand on a little bit of Gene Simmons. I liked radioactive. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't understand the whole trying to scare the shit out of you at the beginning. It, it just kind of, yeah, the, song, the song doesn't go with that intro whatsoever. No, it does. It like, that's why I said I liked four and a half songs on the album. <laughs> I hate the intro to that song. It's just yeah, li living in sin's a cool song. Man of a thousand faces, cool song. I to me, there was no reason to do see you in your dreams. I think it's a cool line, uh, but the Kiss version was so much better on Rock and Roll Over. Uh, Burning up with fever is okay. It, it, this was this was Gene Simmons trying to show off. He invited like ten thousand guests on this record. Exactly. There's and there's four hundred and eighty seven like, credits on this thing. Oh, I know yeah, he did. There's a lot. There is I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous how many people were on this album, but that, you know, that was him trying to, you know, invite his Hollywood friends, you know, invite his musical friends and all that. And that's great. But it just, it, it was one of those projects that just was kind of like, I'm surprised it's not like 50 songs because yeah. it's one of those <laughs> like, yeah, come on in, do this song, do this song, you know? And it's like, come on, you know, just, just do, just do what you, you know, do who you are, you know? And I think that's one thing he didn't do, but again, I think he also tried to go out of, out of his way to do something different. So if that's what he was doing, he achieved that successfully, but it, it's not who, you know, Gene Simmons from Kiss was. And that's, that's something that 
Paul Stanley and Ace Freely were able to achieve. But we'll talk Agreed. about that when we, get, yeah. when, when we get to those albums. Yeah, that, that was that was one of the things that, like, when I thought of Gene Simmons at that point, and he's always kind of like the harder member of Kiss. Like, when I listened to this, I was like, what is this? Like, this is not what I was expecting at all. I mean, I remember as a kid listening to all this shit, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, but I, again, I, I'm growing up in the middle of the disco era, middle of yeah. pop, you know, Michael Jackson. So this kind of stuff fit in, but I was also nine years old. So, True. you know, what did I know? All right, number 21. All right, uh, number 21 was your number 22, Sklo. Uh, I put Monster here. Um, I thought it was weaker than Sonic Boom. I thought Sonic Boom was a better you know, album for this lineup. Hell or, Hall Hell or Hallelujah, um, Long Way Down, and All for the Love of Rock and Roll, I thought were pretty decent songs. Um, I would say pretty much everything else was lesser i mean wall of sound was okay it's a little cheesy but okay like not in a bad way cheesy um shout mercy eat your heart out the devil is me out of this world i thought those were all okay um everything else especially like freak oh i hate freak like that that's just one that's one song that i was listening to and i was just like okay yeah kiss that y'all are totally freaks you don't fit in anywhere you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it just came off as disingenuous and maybe that's how Paul Stanley feels. I don't know, but hard to, hard to relate to a, a, you know, billionaire playing song about not fitting in. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you remember it, you, that to me is almost an autobiographical song for, for, for Paul because he has that ear uh, defect. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was pretty much him trying to talk about what he went through as a kid. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I just, for the most part, I thought it was pretty boring. I thought Long Way Down was definitely my favorite song on the album. Um, Eric Singer has a really good voice. I was very surprised. Um, I had never heard him before. Uh, but Freak and Back to the Stone Age, I thought, were my least favorite on there. Okay. Number 21 for you, Slow. 21 for me is Crazy Nights. Wow. Um, Crazy yeah. Nights. Yep. Yeah, if it is. And I mean, I do like songs on the album core. I mean, I, I really do like Crazy Crazy Nights, the first song. I remember when I was a kid, just remember, I remember that, that coming out. I was about 12 when that came out. I remember getting it and just hearing that song, and I and I did play it a lot. But the rest of the album, to me, honestly, just, I don't know, it's it's good, but it, there's nothing that really stands out. I mean, I do I do really do like, um, give me, oh, Hell or High Water. Uh, I do like that song a lot. Uh, that's something Bruce Kula kind of bring to the table with a riff he had. Um, and this is, you know, I, I mean, I like all four of the members of the band at this point. Um, they're all really good. Um, I think this is the second album with that lineup of Simmons, Stanley and Kulik and Carr um, overall. And I don't think they, again, I think this is one where they, they had a couple of people come in, but nothing really, not like the Gene Simmons solo album. Uh, they had a keyboardist and a backing vocalist come in for the album. But yeah, that's my 21. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about crazy nights a little bit later. Um, my number 21 is carnival of souls. Um, I agree with you on the, uh, Chris about the, the angsty bullshit that they tried to pull <laughs> off. Um, it's just, it doesn't work because first of all, yeah, you're, you're rich, you know, millionaires, you don't have anything to really, really complain about, except maybe, you know, you're, you're not getting along with each other because one guy is trying to be a Hollywood dude. Um, 
and that and that was something that had happened in the 80s they're already 10 you know 10 7 to 10 years past that point so they're trying to make an album they're trying to be relevant and th- and this is something that's going to be a subject that we talk about throughout this whole episode and we've mentioned it before kiss has tried to stay relevant they were leaders in the 70s and ever since they came out with dynasty and unmasked and the elder they they were trying to play catch up and they never ever caught up and that that has been basically in my opinion the story of kiss since the 80s and and it's unfortunate they had a successful career they did well but it was always trying to play catch up and it was always trying they were always one step behind in my opinion so with uh with carnival of souls i mean i like i will be there i think that's a really cool ballad um and my favorite song on the album is probably hate just because i can i can get into that that mindset for gene mm-hmm. and I, I really really enjoy that song but um you know master and slave is just kind of like you know come on it just drones on childhood end is pretty interesting um in terms i didn't of think that one was bad yeah that one that one mm-hmm. was okay and rain is like in jungle. It's just like, come on, man, you guys, are, this is not you, but you know, they wanted to sound like Alice in Chains. And so they went and they got, you know, the producer, Toby Wright, and that's it. All you're getting is a producer to give you that sound, but you got to come up with the songs and the songs just lacked in this. And, and, and Paul can't pull off Alice in Chains at all. I'm no, sorry. Like he's a great really. singer. He's a great singer, but like, that's not his voice. I did no. come up with a better title for the album though. Almost 50, almost angsty. all right number 20 uh so my number 20 is peter chris um i don't dislike this album but it's not a kiss album by any means um i actually for the most part i would say i i could enjoy it to some level but when i was a kid my mom used to listen to rod stewart all the time so i've got that like you know that childhood kind of uh, nostalgia for that that sound. Um, you know that was that was one thing I was noting through the whole time. It it sound or felt more like a Rod Stewart album than than anything. Um, you know, very different in style to Kiss. I would say there was like way too many ballads. Um, you know, he he should have done a little bit more kind of rock and roll and bluesy stuff because he's very good at it, and his voice is like his voice is so strong when he sings a song like say black diamond or something like that but like this was just too many ballads and so it's it's very weird and i can see why anyone would place it low i mean number 20 and a 24 is still pretty low um but i liked hooked on rock and roll i liked i can't stop the rain um i think that's the kind of sugar papa likes was my least favorite um and the production wasn't bad like Everybody that worked on it was was pretty good. The songs that he did drum on, like I I always like Peter Chris's drum sound. Um, I think it was Alan Schwartzberg, you know, who did a few other things with Kiss over the years. Like was the was the drummer for a lot of the songs, and you know, it it sounds good. It's just it's just not a Kiss album, and I can totally see why most people wouldn't like it. Can't believe you have that higher than Gene Simmons. It's way better than Gene Simmons. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> that's debatable uh, uh, clearly yeah <laughs> all right you, you guys clearly think it's it's worse than everything else so it's, it's, the, worst, <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst kiss album yeah. <laughs> all right uh Sklo, what do you got for 20 uh gene simmons is my 20 um 
Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much touched on it. The only thing I could touch on is all the people you had on, you know, Joe Perry, Bob Seeger, Rick Nielsen, Donna Summer, Cher, just to name five quickly that were on the album with him. The, the um, funny thing, he had Helen Reddy. Yeah, Helen Reddy. I, know. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, I would have thought like this was the soundtrack to like the Gene Simmons variety hour or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I what it was. Yeah. So that's my 20. I mean, we, you guys already touched on a lot of it, so oh, we can go to the next one. All right. Uh, yeah. My number 20 um, is unmasked. Um, I, you know, like I said earlier, it, it was, it was an album that came out in 1980. Uh, it is, you know, I'm 11 years old at the time this comes out and I don't know any better. I, I, I mean, at the time I dug the album. I thought it was really cool because that is what I knew. You know, I didn't know any better per se. I knew that they had gone quote unquote disco, but this album was a lot better in terms of disco. It just had that disco slick sound to it, but the songs were better. Is that use a killer song? I wish the production would be more raw. And I think those songs would sound so much better, you know, but that's, you know, obviously that's debatable to a lot of people, you know, but to me, if, if you put, you know, if you put a, a raw sound on, is that you, or if you put a raw sound and Ace really loves his raw sounds, but talk to me or any of the Ace really songs, you, those would be really, really good. Better than what they are. I mean, the best songs in this album to me, uh, is, is that you and the, and the Ace really songs, you know, two sides of the coin torpedo girl. That's probably the weakest of the, the Ace really songs and talk to me. I love talk to me. It's just got a cool hook to it. You know, to me, the worst song on it, Ah, probably you're all that I want or what makes the world go round. But yeah, this was, uh, this was an album that it's, it's just weak in, in a lot of ways. It was huge, huge in Australia. You know, Australia is just weird, you know? And <laughs> so, uh, and, and no offense to, to our, our new dear friend, um, that Sloan and I played baseball with from Australia, uh, Scott, but, uh, <laughs> It, it, it's just Australia's weird, man. That's just it. So, yep. All right, number nineteen. All right, this is gonna this is gonna piss a lot of people off. Um, <laughs> my number nineteen, Destroyer. Wow. Um, I don't like Destroyer. Um, I like a couple songs on it. I think it's way, way, way overproduced. Um, I would say, for me. Detroit Rock City, absolute classic song. Sweet Pain, it's it's a really good track as well. Um, but songs like Great Expectations and Rock and Roll Party, I mean, Rock and Roll Party's a nothing. It's like, you know, it's, a, it's just thrown in garbage at the end, right? But like, um, Do You Love Me? Not a big fan. Um, Great Expectations, like I said, uh, and Flaming Youth, I just, I just couldn't get into them. I mean, Beth is a classic song, not a big fan of it, though. Um, I think God of Thunder is pretty cool. Um, King of the Nighttime World, I can take it or leave it. I know people love that song, but I don't. I don't know. Shout, I think Shout It Out Loud is is all or Shout It. Yeah, Shout It Out Loud is. It's just passable for me. I, like I, I listen to this and I, I, I just want to understand why people like are so blown away by it because for me it was just pretty mediocre. And especially compared to some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about later. Um, I just thought it was like a lot of gimmicky transitions between the songs. Um, 
and then just I I didn't like as much as I didn't like, right? So I just I had to put it pretty low. You're a heretic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mm. I don't agree. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk. Yeah, about I'm not gonna. It. I'm not gonna talk about it yet. <laughs> I'm just letting <laughs> him, let him say his let him say his piece, and we'll we'll get to it later. We'll bash him later. Okay. <laughs> no. Hey, we all, all right. have we all have our rankings, man. I don't want no, a problem with that. Uh, number nineteen for you, Sklo. Number nineteen for me is revenge. Um. Wow. Yeah. Um. It was a weird <laughs> time. For the- <laughs> that that both of these just pushed out, put, uh, pissed off Dean. Yeah. That, that's why. It was a weird, uh, it was a weird time for the band at the time. I'm not saying that affected the album, but you know, Eric Carr, you know, he was sick and ended up, you know, passing away pretty much right before this. Um, and then, and, and they, you know, so you know, obviously this is uh, the first album with Eric Singer on it. And um, you know, w- the one thing I love about the album though is I love that they included, you know, the last song, the Car Jam, 1981, of Eric Carr playing like an instrumental. Um, and he does do some, he has backing vocals on, um, God gave rock and roll to you too, as well. Uh, I mean, again, I, you know, it, I, I'm a Kiss fan in general, so all the albums to me, I can probably listen to and I'll be, I'll be fine. And this is one of those ones. I mean, I could listen to it, you know, the length of it's not super, it's like with 48, 49 minutes long. Um, and you know, certain songs that stick out to me, you know, I, I do like the car jam. I do like Domino. Um, you know, I'll give the rock and roll to you. Obviously, that's a song from you know, the movie. Uh, what Bill and Ted, I think. Yeah, Bill and, uh, yeah, uh, Bill and the Ted. Second, yeah, the second one, Bogus Journey. Yeah, I mean it's okay, and you know, so I mean, you know, it's it's a good album. It's it's good. But I have it down because you know I I just revere some of the albums better. To be honest, uh, overall for me, um, I think the production's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Um, on this one, you know, they had a couple people who who played on it and you know tommy thayer before he was officially in the band was you know on the album as you know some backing vocals on it um and they brought in um evan valentine on drums to take it off who he's he's also drummed on some other things of theirs in the past and as well so you you have this album higher than than hot in the shade okay hey you're I'm not going to give you any hints where hat in the shade is so you'll see <laughs> Jesus. Hey, you, you you haven't mentioned it yet dean what hot in the shade? No, you haven't. No, that's because it's coming up right now. Number nineteen. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hot in the shade. Um, for for the longest time, for the longest time, uh, and it's because the early the seventies Kiss, you know, held a, a certain place in my heart. For the longest time, I thought Hot in the Shade was other than a couple of songs was the biggest pile of shit that they had put out. Um. I, I mean, I agree with, with Chris. It was way too long. 15 songs. I mean, that was, that was part of the whole era of CDs. It's like, oh, we could do CDs. You know, they could be over an hour long. It could be 75 minutes long. We got to put in 15, 20 songs. No, you don't put fucking 10 good songs and that's it. Go away. I can tell you if this, if this album was 10 songs and like the 10 best songs that they had, I wouldn't have hated it as much as I did because it was, it just kept going. 
Like, <laughs> stop. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what it was. The, all of side two was just like, why is this even playing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I like. I mean, Little Caesar was cool. Like, hearing Eric Carr sing, I think, is, yeah, is great. That, that, he has a great voice. I mean, he, he was so appreciative of the band letting him do that song. And he oh. was so psyched that he actually finally got a song on a Kiss album. But, it, you know, I think. The could little, have been better late. song. Yeah, way too little, yeah. way too late. Um, for me, my favorite song, I I, I kind of agree with you, Rise to It. Love the intro, the little acoustic guitar stuff. Um, my other favorite songs on the album are Hide Your Heart and Forever. At the Forever, um, one of the best ballads of Kiss have put out, in my opinion. Um, really, really love that song. And you know, unfortunately, I used it on my first wife, and uh I <laughs> now I can't use it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a song like that too. So <laughs> and it's like I listen yeah. to it. And I'm like, damn it, did I have to really give this one to her? Shit, I could use this for somebody else. Anyway, <laughs> um, hide your heart. I mean, everyone knows a little bit about hide your heart and the fact that um, at the time that this album came out, it was released as a single at the same exact time Ace Freely released his version. Um, after he was told that Kiss wouldn't put it out because Holly Knight said, "Oh yeah, Gene's not," you know. Uh, Paul's not going to do it. The band's not going to do it. And then, oh, they changed their mind. Fucking A. Uh, so Ace Freely's version, a lot more raw, a lot less produced. Sometimes I think it's better version. Then I listen to the production on on uh, the Hot in the Shade version from Kiss, and it, it's, it's a little bit slicker. I think Paul tells the story a little bit better, but I like I like the sound of Ace Freely's version. But that's uh that's my number nineteen, hot in the shade. All right, eighteen. All right, so eighteen. Um, and I went with hotter than hell. Um, hotter Who than hell. <laughs> what? Who are you? <laughs> I don't like your comments, Dean. You know we have our <laughs> rankings. You have yours. <laughs> let us let us do what we got to do here. All right. I have a feeling that you picked hotter than hell as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so, so okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put it that low, but I just don't like Dean always commenting. Oh, really? You have hot in the shade there. You have it here. You have it hotter <laughs> than that. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Some right? of these choices are gonna piss people off. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, here's on you, Slow. I'm gonna pick on you, Slow. Here's the it. thing: the songs on Hotter Than Hell are are pretty good. Um, it's just the production that really drags it down. And and I think it's different than a lot of people think because I really listened to this and I listened to it with headphones on where I could hear like every aspect of the music too. And and it's a strange production because a lot of it sounds like it was intended to sound lo-fi in certain places where it, it, even if it wasn't, like maybe they recorded this on this equipment and then a different part on and different equipment because like even within the same song you'll hear different like levels of quality in the the mix which is very weird um but i would say like there's some really good songs on there i, I liked you know seven out of ten of them um parasite and going blind to me were my favorites um and and the songs sound way better on alive they, i mean just way better so if they had the production quality of what they did on the live, I would put it higher, but I think overall it's still a really good album. It just ranks lower than the other stuff. Cause we're kind of getting into where these albums that we're going to talk about from here on out, I actually really like pretty much all of them. Um, it, it's just the ones at the very bottom where I was like, mm, you know, 
not so much. But like from here on out, I think like everything above here is great. It's just the production on this one just puts it way lower than everything else. Fair enough. I mean, I can agree with the production. It's just terrible production. Well, I'll have more to talk it about. Later. It's not yeah. that far up my list, but it, it wasn't this far down either. <laughs> All right, slow. What do you got for 18? Are you going to make a comment when I say what it is? Yes. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Uh, I have Asylum uh, 18. Um, so that's the first album as a, with Bruce Kulick as an official member. Um, he replaced you know Mark St. John right before that on the tour, and then um, he was. This is his first album. Uh, I, you know, you know, I was again. It's one of the things when I, when this came out, I was uh, ten. Asylum, yeah. And I remember coming out and hearing um, "Tears for Falling." Tears are falling, which I love that song. I, I mean, I played it all the time. Um, but as I got older, you know, hearing the album and everything else, the, the songs don't really stick out as much to me. Um, lengthwise, the album's fine. Ten songs. Um, but Tears, Tears Are Falling is really, to be honest, the only song I really would probably go back to. I don't mind. I, believe, I, I didn't take notes on this one, to be honest. I think it was Trial by Fire with Gene Simmons singing on that one. Uh, I don't mind as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could listen to it, but it's not one that I'm going to you know, put in all the time, um, and listen to, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a asylum 18. I, I mean, I can see your point. I, I, I don't sit there and, and, and put this album in super high regard. So I, I can, I can see your point if, if, uh, especially when you grew up with it as, as a 10 year old, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I could I could see where that where that comes from. But there were some better points of the album, and uh, it goes up a little bit for me. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Sure. Um, number eighteen for me was Monster. Um, as as you mentioned earlier, there's not a lot of good stuff on this album, but it's it's all relatively consistent. So there are some good hooks, but there's nothing that stands out. I mean, Heller Hell Hallelujah is a really good song. Um, stands out way above the rest of the album. But, you know, a song like Freak, I mean, I, I listen to it and I'm like, okay, so I, I understand the whole idea behind it. Um, back to the Stone Age, cheesy to me. Uh, you know, the one thing I discovered by listening to this is that Gene Simmons has literally a one-track mind. And, and, and that's all he thinks about is mm-hmm. sex, 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 and sex. And, and it's just like... It's amazing that other topics like God of Thunder <laughs> and Unholy were actually written by him because it's like, dude, get out of that fucking mind track. But you know, it there's nothing you could do. That's his that's his whole style. And it in it's it's played out to the point where it's like everything he says is cliche. It's not even original sounding anymore. So that was part of the my problem with Gene's songwriting. You know, and Paul try. Paul's not that far behind either. You know, he's very similar minded, but he's expanded. You know, with, in certain areas. But um, the album to me was just kind of like it's it's like a, a it's got hooks, but nothing nothing stands out. So I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll leave it be. All right, number seventeen. Uh, my number seventeen is Sonic Boom. Um, I think it's definitely better than than Monster. Um, there's a, there's some good stuff to really enjoy here like i would say modern day delilah all for the glory and stand were the ones that really stood out to me stand stood out to me i guess (laughs) um 
And for me, like Danger Us was just dumb. Like <sighs> Danger Me, Danger You, Danger Us. Like, ugh. That's that's bad. There's some childish lyrics on this album. I would say uh just like really goofy stuff. Um I, I again I, I like Eric Singer, great singer. Um well, I'm just throwing out the puns here, but um <laughs> I I would like to hear more of him on these Kiss albums. I wish I wish they would have allowed him to to sing a bit more. Um, I don't think Tommy Thayer's as strong. I feel like they use a little bit of um, what do you call it the um, uh, auto auto tuning a little bit on him. Um, and that may not be the case, but the way it sounds definitely sounds that way. But he still is is pretty entertaining to listen to, and I would like a little bit more variety, like those old Kiss albums where. You had, you know, the mix of all four singers, you know, one song each. I get it. Gene, Paul, you have giant egos. You need, you know, 10 out of 11 songs to sing on. But, you know, let the other guys sing a little bit more. Oh, I agree with you. I, I wish they would have done more songs. I, touching back real quick on on Monster, the Out of This World song that Tommy Thayer sings, it's that's you know, a, that's an ace song i'm sorry exactly so that was written as if he was playing the spaceman and i'm like really exactly i was like come on man that's not your gig that's not your gig anyway sonic boom that's your number 17 um i uh it's it's almost there for me so we'll talk about it when i get to it what do you got slow uh my 17 is dynasty um okay. a lot of you know during this time there was a lot of mentioned in the band you know peter chris wasn't really even involved in the album they don't one song on uh, dirty living um there's a lot going on it was literally his last time he played on an album until he played on what two songs on psycho circus i think um so yeah so that that's my song and you know the song i know it, it was a huge song i was made love, love i was made for loving you but i mean it's okay <laughs> it's okay in my eyes it's okay uh, it's not you know, I know it's a tour. I know it's a song staple on their tour, and I don't mind seeing it live or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but overall, in that, um, you know, I think production wise, it's it's all right. It's not anything special or anything great. Um, and they, you know, of course, on this one as well, they uh, they had a uh, you know, Enton Fig played on this album on drums. None of the songs really stand out to me. Honestly, a lot of the, the songs stand out to me are the Ace songs. I mean, he does a cover of a Rolling Stone song, 2000 Man, which I actually I do like. It's a cover song now. Um, and I actually don't mind Dirty Living. I actually think it's one of my favorite songs on the album, to be honest. I like when Peter sings a lot. I like his voice. Um, Peter always, has always, a great I, voice. Yeah, he's whenever he sings, like I, it, it really changes the game for me a little bit. And that's why... Going back to the Peter Chris album, it's it's upsetting because that album is so, it's so full of ballads, ballads, and I think it could be a lot better because uh, he's got a great voice. But you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, that's that's my seventeen dynasty. Hey, you know, I I mean, I can see your points on it, um, but at the same time, I disagree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's again not too far away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you you guys listed albums that I haven't even you're not. I, I mean, I rank pretty high, and, and there's, I'm sure there's some, you know. That's why I like comparing, but I, I like comparing so far because I'm, I'm actually comparing the three of us, and we do have some very similar, and we have three or four that are totally totally out of the ballpark between all of us, which is pretty cool, actually. So of, of the ones that we've talked about so far, the one that we, the ones that we all have 
uh, towards the bottom are Monster, Peter Chris, and Karn. Uh, well, no, Gene Simmons. Yeah, just just those three. So we're kind of in agreement that they're towards the bottom. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, and a couple of us matched on a couple of them, so that was good. So. Yeah. I'm surprised. My number seventeen. I'm surprised that you guys haven't mentioned this album yet, and so I, I'm very, very curious to see where this album sits in your your top twenty four. Uh, number seventeen for me is music from the Elder. Yep. Um, okay. Okay. So I'll put it to you this way: staunch, staunch, staunch defender of kiss and music from the elder i have been that way since the album came out i i told people oh it's a good album it's a good album it's got good songs it's got good songs if if you take yourself out of the equation and then you take kiss out of the equation so you just listen to this as a band just you're not necessarily a kiss fan you're listening to this as an album that just happens to be out there in in the ether this album is not bad now, when you throw in the other factors, then it's like, whoa, this is not a Kiss album. Okay, totally understand that. But when you sit there and, and say, okay, is this song good? Yes, it's good. Is this song a good Kiss song? Maybe not. So that's where, for me, I defended the shit out of this album when it came out. Oh, Kiss turned disco. Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I was made for loving you. But they they weren't listening to 2000 Man. They weren't listening to Charisma or, or, or you know, Hard Times from... With, with Ace Freely. They weren't listening to those songs. They were listening to I Was Made For Loving You. That's the only song that was disco. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say Unmasked is more disco than... And 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 even then, it's just it's just poppier. It really wasn't disco. Yeah. And the slick no, I'm production... I'm just saying it's more disco right. than... than you know, the, the slick production is what gives it more of that... Uh, it could be in, it could fall into the disco category, but in reality, it's not. It's a rock album that's way overproduced. The Elder... You know, coming. You know, they get Bob Ezrin back. He's coming off of the off of the uh, the success of the Wall from Pink Floyd. He even used some drum loops from the Wall. You can hear the drums in some of the songs sound very similar to the drums on Pink on Pink Floyd the Wall. And it's like he was trying to make another version of you know another rock opera type album. You know, with the band and. I don't know who sold them on that bill of goods. It was a fucking terrible idea. Eric Carr thought it was a terrible idea. Ace Freely thought it was a terrible idea, but they got overridden because neither one of them had voting rights. Well, I mean, Ace had voting rights, but it was two to one at that point. So it, it, it's a good album. Got some nice highlights. I and the oath. Um, but the low lights really dragged the album down, you know, and, and that's part of the issue. And Gene Simmons cries in the video for a world without heroes. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, number sixteen. Uh, number sixteen for me is Crazy Nights. Um, for the most part, I like this album. Um, I'm not as big on Crazy Nights or Crazy Crazy Nights the song as as you were, Sklo. I It's fine. I, yeah. I don't I don't mind it. But uh, for me, it was no no no. Uh, reason to live and good girl gone bad. I like those. So there's a lot of Van Halen esque kind of things on here. Like you, like you mentioned earlier, Kenneth. Like Kiss reached a point in their career where they're they're trying to to you know catch on to trends. It's kind of funny that in 1987 they're doing or trying to do what Van Halen was doing in the late 70s. Um, but I would say like 
overall, it's not bad. There's some corny lyrics. I think the drums are pushed way too far back again. Because, um, I mean, you, you've you got one of the the best drummers they've ever had, by far. And and they keep pushing him back. Like, the, they, they found a sound that really worked earlier on a couple albums, but then... I don't know. It's just like they thought, oh, if we put the drums too far forward, then no one will pay attention to us, you know, Gene and Paul. Um, but I would say everything feels a little softer than, like, Asylum, which is kind of a, a bummer. Um, I honestly feel like Gene's songs on this album, like, save the album. I know a lot of people say, like, Gene was checked out at this time, but he has the best songs on the album. It's crazy to me because it's like Paul's just trying so hard to to find whatever trend is working, and it's like maybe the nonchalantness of Gene, like just not caring, work. I, I don't know. Um, and then I, I laugh because you have these music videos, and and like you have uh, which which one is it? Um, is it Crazy Nights? You, you have like music videos that are that are focused on gene during guitar solos like i don't, I don't get it like <laughs> these guys have such massive freaking egos uh, um, oh, yeah. but like i said i think the good outweighs the bad with this one and there's it's still a really good album and and i love eric carr so it's hard for me to to rate anything with eric like super low but this is kind of like right in the middle for me yeah Sklo, what's yours? Because I got something to say about this in, in a second. Oh, I want you to say it then. About Crazy Nights? Yeah. Crazy Nights is my number 16 as well. So since we're on the topic, okay. um, I agree with you in, in many things. This is way, way, way overproduced. It's very slick. Um, this is uh, the Kiss version of a heart album, you know, especially with Reason to Live. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, That's a good, it, good call. it sounds it, the intro sounds exactly like a heart song, especially from this time period. And again, that is Kiss trying to be relevant and trying to catch up. But the problem is at this point of the eighties, you're talking nineteen. Well, this is, came out in eighty seven. Yeah, we're 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 in we're beginning the last portion of the eighties. But in eighty seven, things were getting a, they were getting away from that super slick sound. They were starting to get a little bit more raw. It wasn't there yet, but it was starting to. And Kiss again was just taking a step behind and 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 oh, let's put out a you know a really super slick album because Asylum, the you know, two years before this wasn't as slickly produced. It was well produced. Exactly. And, and all of a sudden you got run, you know, and they and the problem was the reason why it took two years was because they were waiting for this producer, Ron Nevison. They were waiting for him. You know, I think he was coming off of doing Ozzy's album, uh you know, the ultimate sin and they were waiting for that to happen and they can get him. And that album, you know, from, from Ozzy is also ultra slickly produced. So it, it's a Ron Nevison thing they were expecting to get, you know, big radio hit, which they did with reason to live. Crazy nights is the more, the more outstanding song on this album. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if either one of you guys know this. So Chris Jericho, the wrestler, uh, he has a side band called quarantine that has some of the guys from trickster in it. And they, their first single that they released during uh, the pandemic was the song. No, no, no. And so when you listen to his version, you, you, you don't hear the kiss production of it. It's not a bad song. A lot of guitar. I mean, a lot of 
you know, guitar licks and, and ripping, shredding solos. And, and then you hear, you know, uh, Chris trying to sing the high that Gene sings on this. And it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and they've done a couple of other songs that came off of this album. And that's the interesting part. They, you know, Jericho being a really huge, uh, 80s kiss fan, he likes this album. So I, I don't agree that it's a high ranking album. Number 16 for me. Um, it's got a couple of songs that just really don't need to be on here. Um, but crazy nights, you know, obviously it's a standout. Um, so Sklo, what's your number 16? Uh, it's uh, music from the elder. Uh, so we were right, pretty much right there on that one. Um, uh, it's funny because honestly, when I started this process, I think I told you before we even started is like, uh, you know, joking around, like elder is going to be at the bottom for me. And then just because it's always revered as the worst album. But as I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, I, I've heard it in a long time. And I was like, man, I really, I'm actually digging this. I'm like, it's got this rush vibe to it. And I'm, you know, a big rush guy. And it's got that progressive, you know, it's obviously a concept album. Like Rush is, it's almost like reminds me of 2112, but not not 2112. But it has that vibe to it. Um, I don't know. I was, I was digging it. I was like, man, this is pretty good. And it's actually an album I think I would throw on again, you know what I mean? And not and listen to it a little bit again. Um, and you know, it's it's I love Eric Carr's you like you, Chris, and and I'm a big um, you know, it's his first album with the band, and it's actually Ace's last album until uh, you know, he plays on Psycho Circus. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a couple of standout songs. I thought the same thing, uh, Dane, on some of the songs you mentioned and, you know, um, on the track listing there. And I actually also like, um, Odyssey. Um, you know, I can name a few of them, um, Mr. Blackwell as well, but, uh, I just think it's, I, I actually like it. It's a good album. It's not bad at all. And I think you're right. I think you made a good point that if it was another band's album compared to what this was at the time and how what they were doing i think people thought it was like a a drop in what in the level of what they were used to producing and, and, and getting out in the world um but if it was just like another band that made it i think people would be like oh okay absolutely like like, like a progressive like a progressive rock band made that album i think people would be like oh this is awesome yeah if kiss so, doesn't put their name on it no one knows it's it's a, a bad album or no one thinks it's a bad <laughs> yeah album. No, yeah, no one knows I, it's a bad album. <laughs> yeah. I stand corrected. This is a good album, and then it's like it's because oh, it's a bad album. Uh, that's exactly exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. It's just funny. It's just a funny way to put it. Yeah, it is. So uh, that's that's my uh, sixteen. All right, so we're up to number fifteen. So number fifteen for me is Psycho Circus. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. I I like it a bit more than you do. Clearly. Um, I think some of the, the the good songs on there are the the title track "Psycho Circus." Uh, for me, I I really like "Into the Void." That's that's the Ace Frehley song on the album. I thought "Dreamin'" was okay, and uh, "In Your Face," which was the bonus track, that was also Ace Frehley. I like that one uh quite a bit. It's kind of a bummer that they left it off of the main album. Um, but if you got the iTunes version back in the day, which you know I think probably a lot of people did. Uh, you got the in your face track. So, um, you know, this album did save their career. Uh, you know, you can't take that away from them. Um, it's not necessarily because of the album, but because of the tour that was associated with it, but it also made them a lot of money. Um, 
you know, Into the Void, I think, shows that the, the like that classic Kiss sound still works. You know, this was the track that everybody played on, and, you know, it's it's good. Um, I thought tracks like I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll were, you know, fine. Like, goofy, but fine. Journey of a, of a Thousand Years was, eh, it's okay. Uh, the For me, though, like, I finally found my way. That was the Peter Chris song track. Eh, is one of his worst. Uh, we are one. It's just a hypocrisy bullshit song. <laughs> um, and I just wish there were more Ace and Peter. You know, I've heard the stories. I've heard why they they didn't appear on it. I've heard the com- the the conflicting stories from so many different people. Um, and I I think it just comes down to that that Paul and Gene, you know, knew that this was their band. Ace and Peter weren't really getting back into it. They were using them to you know, get the image across, get the makeup back on, all that stuff. And when time came, you know, move on from them because they had been doing their thing without them for years at this point. I mean, they've, 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 Kiss has been Paul and Gene more than it's was ever Paul, Gene, Ace, and Peter. So, I mean, as far as longevity, as far as like quality of music, that's a different story. So, um, I didn't think Psycho Circus was terrible, but it's you know it's it's number fifteen, so it's not great. <laughs> not great. Okay, <laughs> okay, Sklo, what do you got for fifteen? I have Sonic Boom for fifteen. It's kind of you know the same way you said, Chris. I, I did like uh, Modern Day Delilah. I actually really like the singer song All for the Glory. That might have been my favorite song on the album. Um, yeah, that one's pretty good. Yeah, like just like it just I don't know, it flows really well. It's got a really good just it, I don't know, just there's one song when it, it came on, I was like, man, this is really good. Um and I haven't heard that for a while. Um say so yeah, it's a pretty good song as well. Um but yeah, I mean overall it's 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 like you said, it's we're you know, it's our fifteenth rank, so it's it's good, you know. Um a couple good songs on there. And um you know, and it was actually, you know, the first song first for both of Fair and Eric to actually have like a lead lead song on an album for them. And for me, for me, that's a pretty good um, first lead for a singer. Um, and actually, I thought Thayer's is pretty good when Lightning Strikes as well. Um, didn't mind that one. Didn't mind it, but I, I definitely like the singer. I, that's probably my favorite track on the album. So that's also my number 15, Sonic Boom. Okay. And I, so the way I look at it is this is the best of their worst albums. And this is the worst of their best albums. This is the cutoff line for me because all the albums from here on in to me are pretty good albums. You just got to, you have to rank them at some point, just like you got to rank all 24. But there was a bunch at the bottom on, on this to me that, that kind of like, yeah, they were pretty lame. But this Sonic Boom, I actually thought when it came out it was a really good album. Um, I like Never Enough. I like Stand. Those are got some really good hooks modern day delilah i think is a really cool song um just listening to it again this past week i agree with you all for the glory that singer song is a really really good song i mean it they have hooks and it, it's never been a, a question for them in terms of writing hooks it's just a question of is the hook catchy enough to be a hit and that's always been their issue you know so uh, this one, I mean, never enough. The problem with um, never enough, I think it's never enough. Uh, yeah, the problem with never enough is it sounds like a poison song, 
And it sounds like a poison song off of Open Up and Say Ah, and I can't remember the name of the song right now. And I'll think of it in a second. But it is one of these things where it's like, okay, you're again trying to be relevant, but you're going backwards in time and you're using something that is several, several years old. And it's kind of like, all right, come on, do something, you know, where you just stand out on your own. And that is where kiss tends to fail miserably all the time. (laughs) You know, it's honest, honestly true. I mean, the, you think about, you know, carnival of souls, they try to be grunge. Okay. But they started doing it in 1995 when the grunge was starting to die. You know, and that is the problem. It's been that problem for a while. And so, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's kiss bashing, but at the same time, I love the band. I just wish that they would have been smarter, I guess, you know, I think, you know, Chris, you and I were talking about this the other day. It's amazing that kiss has gotten this far or got to this point because they, they, they stepped in it so many times and screwed up so many times. I, I haven't seen a band screw up this many times and still continue to be able to go out there and tour the way they have. Sure. Surely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, without that, that reunion tour, they're, they're not around. All right. Exactly. I don't know if, uh, so I was talking about that poison song. I don't know if it's nothing but a good time or if it's, um, look, what you can't touch. I can't remember. I'll but tell you, there was a lot of times I'm listening to songs in here and like, it'd be like one track here and there where I'm, I'm singing some other songs, lyrics along with, you know, whatever they're playing because it sounded so similar to whatever that might be. Yeah. It's nothing but a good time. You know, there's, there's a, some, there's a ton of similarities between that song and, uh, between never enough. And, you know, you know, it is what it is. I mean, never enough is a good song by itself. It's just, wish it didn't sound so much like that poison song yeah so all right so that's number 15 for me uh what do we got number 14 number 14 for me is vent uh revenge i almost said vengeance <laughs> okay, like that's an album um okay uh revenge um so revenge has a lot of good things going for it i like how heavy it is i think it's definitely one of the heaviest albums um i love unholy i think that's a great track uh god gave rock and roll to you too is very nostalgic for me because i was a huge fan of uh bill and ted when i was a kid uh domino i thought was really cool some of the other songs i liked just fine um and then car jam 1981 is you know great tribute to eric Carr. um but for the most part i just i liked other albums better and as much as I wanted to like this because it was heavier in sound, um, you know, it just didn't do it as much for me. I thought um, the album definitely didn't need a ballad. Like, every time I look at you, I thought it was completely unnecessary. Um, Gene is just an absolute top form here. Like, this is this is Gene, you know, kind of back on track. And I still, I just felt like Paul was also trying still too hard to kind of follow the trends. Um, but overall, really good album. Enjoyed it a lot. You know, I, I, I hold this in a little bit higher regard. So we're going to talk a little more about it later. I got to say one thing though, Car Jam, when no one has mentioned the fact that that's actually a riff from Ace Frehley's Breakout 
uh, from his Ace Freely Freely's Comet solo album. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, right. And, and it's interesting because, of course, they give him zero credit on this. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, would, that would damage their ego. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. Anyhow, um, what, what do you have for number 14, Slow? I have Psycho Circus. Uh, Finally. So, very, very close to Chris. Chris and I are pretty close. You were way down on that one. Um, yeah, I, honestly, very similar reasons. I, I actually like the first song, um, the title track a lot actually um and i do like uh, into the void uh as well i think you mentioned that chris too yeah i think, uh, it, I think the void is great like it, it i do it too. Is. i think it's it's a really good it's a really good song um and uh and same as you like i think you know this was obviously something that they made after the reunion tour and they talked about but they realized after the reunion tour they couldn't still get along so so uh, ace and Peter I think they on, knew that on, before on. the reunion tour. Yeah. I really do. Like looking back at the videos and you watch like the attitudes and the way they were interacting oh, yeah. with each other. Like, I think they knew from day one, like this isn't going to work, but we're going to make it work for us, for our pocketbooks. Yeah. But I remember going, I mean, I went to that reunion tour and I was super excited that they, you know, cause you know, I think up until that point, the last album they had was revenge in 92 with, you know, obviously the other lineup. And I think they realized you know, to make some more money and do what they got to do. They, they had to have that reunion, even though they knew probably they weren't all going to get along. But I mean, I, I watched that concert in Philadelphia and then I was just like, it took me back when I was, you know, at that point I was 21 when that came, but I, it just brought me back to when I was like seven, eight years old and like wanting to be them, putting the makeup on. And it was just so cool and awesome. And then I was so excited that they were going to make an album together and then, of course, you hear all the stuff that's going on. You don't really, when the album comes out, you don't get, you don't have all that information at the time. So you're thinking all these guys are on every track. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was, it's a cluster in a way, but I actually think the album is actually not bad. Um, I think, I think it's uh, not, not a bad one. It's something, but again, like you said, Chris, it's the other ones I like better. I know Dean likes a lot better than that one, but, um, you know, it is what it is. So that's my uh, 14. Look, psych- Psycho Circus, good song. Into the Void, good song. Everything else yeah. after that, I mean, it's just like, it could be anything. You can pick another eight songs, and I don't think anything is really that good or worth a shit when it, for the rest of the song. That's my opinion. You yeah. know, whether, whether everyone agrees or disagrees, you know, I, like I said, Psycho Circus, and it's funny because even Psycho Circus mm-hmm. is so, to me, it comes across better live much better live that it was yeah. like i'm, I'm yeah. listening to it i'm like this doesn't do anything for me live is completely different i mean you know obviously they're playing the same song but there's a different vibe to it and there's this whole you know because they usually use it in at the beginning and then i know they've been throwing it in the middle of their set which to me is not a middle of the set kind of song um although it's it's not an opener so it's kind of a weird thing but they were using it as an opener for a long time and it, it just has a much different vibe. So I get it that, that, that you guys are ranking a little bit higher, but for me, I just, everything else after, after those two songs is just kind of like, you know, why, you know, I, I don't, you know, Peter, Chris, you know, 
has been checked out for years at this point to me. They, they, though you wanted the best of four of them forced their way into the vocals. I mean, I'm pretty sure they weren't even in the same room at the same time doing anything. <laughs> yeah, you know? true. so it, it's just like, you could tell it's not cohesive and that's, that's what bothered me about it. But Hey, you know, we all have our things. Some like them better. Some like them worse. <laughs> some like them hot. Yeah. All right. Number 13. Uh, my number 13 was Unmasked. I clearly like this album better than you guys. Uh, I thought Naked City was really cool. Tomorrow, Two Sides of the Coin, and Torpedo Girl. I definitely think Ace carried this album. Like, Ace's contribution to, the, to this album um, were pretty much the best stuff that's here. Um, Unmasked, I... I don't think it's a bad album. I, th- I I think it gets a bad rap. Like there are some disco elements. There are a lot of poppy elements, and and you know I can tell. Like you know you have a rock band that's starting to become more poppy. I totally understand why people wouldn't enjoy that. And I think there, but there is like some blinders on that nostalgia factor, um, which is you know totally valid and and taken into account. Like nostalgia is a big thing, and it. It will hit you differently than anything else. Um, but I like. I think there was a lot of styles from the, the solo albums that kind of rub off, rubbed off here, and it worked pretty well. Uh, there was a lack of cohesion, cohesion from the band, you know, kind of like filled with this writing from an outsider. Like you have, you have Vinnie Poncia writing on a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, Bob Kulik was a, a contributor, Anton Fig, uh, obviously playing drums because, uh, you know, Peter wasn't there. So there's, there's, you know, good sides and bad sides to it. Like, but from somebody who didn't grow up listening to this, I thought it was a pretty decent album. Um, to me, the worst song was Shandy. I mean, I'm in, I'm in agree with, with you, Slow. Like, I, I didn't care yeah. for that at all. Um, yeah. But Two Sides of the Coin, I thought, kicked ass. Like, really good song. Yeah. No, I, I like Two Sides. I mean, you, you know, I agree with you. Ace really carried this album, you know. Uh, and, and Torpedo Go girl being the weaker of the three songs that he put on this album but he's still it was still a good song oh still better than you know you're all that i want um and it's just the funny thing you know uh man battleships you know or man what does he say man battleships torpedo or something like that at the beginning yeah you know the whole submarine thing it's pretty cool and cheesy at the same time um but talk to me killer song i love that song is that you I like that song again. If the production is a little raw or just normal, as opposed to being super slick, I think that song really stands out. All right, what do you got? Um, let's go for thirteen. Hey, real quick, did, what was your fourteen, Dean? Uh, fourteen for me was. Oh, did I even do fourteen? I don't think you did. You were talking about Psycho <laughs> Circus forever, and I was like, I don't think I think you. Skipped you know 14. what? I think you skipped it because you went off on a tirade about Psycho Circus, and then you're like, "What's your 13, Chris? No, let's, let's cut it down, Dean. Let's go. Come on. Man. All right. So you 14, can remember your picks. I know fourteen for me is Dynasty. Um, okay. So, you know, going over Dynasty real quick. I mean, I know. I think you both have touched it, uh, or no? Uh, I did not. I either. have not. So Dynasty for me, you know, I was, again, 
so right up there with the elders, staunch defender of Kiss. You know, um, sitting on the stoop of my house in New York, in, in I was in New York City, in Yonkers, which is a suburb of, of New York, just north of the Bronx. It, it was it was one of these things where I, I had to, you know, I'm listening to my little tiny radio, and I'm listening to "I Was Made for Loving You," and everyone's like, "That's ah, disco," you know, whatever. All these little rockheads that would that would walk by, you know, and I agree, it is disco song, but it's a cool song. Now. Is it cool now when Paul can't sing the high notes? Not as cool. You know, it's in, in live to me, that song never came across well live, but they still play it and they still get a reaction out of it. But that to me is, is a song that never came across live, but 2000 man love that song. You know, I know it's a Rolling Stones cover, but you know, that song Ace likes it so much that when they did the reunion, they did the unmasked 2000 man was a song that he chose. He didn't pick any of his other songs. He picked that one. Um, I'm not a big fan of Dirty Living. I know, uh, Chris, you liked it. Um, I've just, I've never been a big Peter fan. I mean, his voice is cool, but I just never thought that his songs fit Kiss in that way. You know, that was just always been my opinion. Charisma was a big song that I, that I, I really liked. The Ace songs on this album, all Save Your Love, Hard Times, those songs kick ass um you know so i again i think in in agreement with you with unmasked ace really carried this album as well you know those songs stood out much better than the rest of the songs although you know charisma x-ray eyes um you know they were still good songs that's my opinion on that so that's my number 14 so we're up to 13 we did unmasked for for chris 13 for slow what do you got 13 for me is finally your guys' favorite album, Hot in the Shade. It's 13 for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah, it, and this is the reason why I have this, you know, obviously you guys had this a little bit lower. Uh, you know, obviously it was your last, Chris and Dean. It was, you know, ni- 19, so it wasn't like your bottom, bottom. But for me, like a big part of this is, you know, this is, you know, this is basically Eric Carr's last album with the band, you know, and that kind of brings, you know, I, I'm a huge Eric Carr fan. And I love Little Caesar, and like I think that was great that they you know, he brought it to, to the table and they they had him you know record it and play it on the album. I, I, I love that song, and I don't know you guys might think it's cheesy, but I really do like the song "Hide Your Heart" a lot. I don't know, it's so cheesy, but it's something about it I just like the do 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 ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> it's something about it. I, just, I really do like it a lot. It's probably my favorite song on the album, to be honest. Uh, and I obviously like Little Caesar as well. And you're right, there is a lot of songs on it. It's a, it's almost an hour long uh and i think for me it's more a nostalgic thing um uh you know it's something i was looking forward to when it came out in 89 um and you know i was i wanted all those songs at the time you know i wanted some kiss music um because at that time i think what was the most recent album before that was was oh no two years it was crazy nights right before that but you know it's and again it's the last one with eric on the uh, you know fully on a full album with them so um but yeah, that's that's the reason why. And then when and honestly, I was surprised to be honest when I ranked it because when I was listening to the albums the last couple of weeks, and I put it on there, I'm like, man, I put this higher than I thought I was going to put it. To be honest, because I didn't expect to put it that high. Um, but there, I did like it, uh, and I and I dug it. And it's you know it was and actually it's so funny that I put it that high that I actually listened to it again today just to see if I was going to keep it where it was because <laughs> it was the one album that I was like, man, I have that higher than I thought I would have it. Um, so I listened to it again today, and I'm like, man, I, I do. I'm, I'm fine where I have it. So 
Yeah. So that's hot in the shade. I, I did a bit of that myself where like I, I really tested albums against each other too. Like I would put them in a certain placement and I go, is this really better than this one? And then I would go back and listen to both of them again and go, okay, well maybe my order is a little different. So I, <laughs> yeah. I really put a lot of work into this. Like I, I gave every one of these albums probably at least two listens, except for maybe the worst of the worst. Like I, <laughs> I, I didn't make a lot of effort to listen to those again, but <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I totally understand uh, where you're coming from with it. You know, like I said, there's three, there's three to me standout songs Four, if you include little Caesar um, and you know, side notes, Michael Bolton was a co-writer on forever. So that's a cool thing. Yeah, it's cool. And, yeah. and then Tommy Thayer, obviously is, is his name is popping up. He's been associated with the kiss organization for quite a long time. Yep. Co-wrote, co-wrote betrayed and rise to it. Co-written by Bob Halligan jr who is from Judas Priest fame, the songwriter to Some Heads Are Gonna Roll, and I think it's uh, Take These Chains Off, I think was, he wrote that song. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, so Rise 2, it's a cool song. I, I mean, when I when this album came out, I was so excited because I liked Rise to it. I liked Hide Your Heart. You know, I saw the video on MTV. It was just, you know, it, and then forever, of course, you know, I, like I said, I used it, you know, on my, on my ex. But, I mean, there was so much extra shit. I'm like, it was so tiring to try and have to get through it all that it just, it, it, it burned me out. So I get yep. it. Yep. All right. So what's your 13 for you? My number 13, um, I actually was redoing my list while we, <laughs> while we were talking. Cause I'm like, hey, wait <laughs> a second. Uh, yeah. number 13 for me is, um, animalize. So animalize, um, when I, when I think about, all these next bunch of albums that are coming up. Um, Animalize is one of these things. If you start listening to all the tracks and you say, okay, it's got heavens on fire. That's a good song. I've had enough good intro to the album. I mean, that's killer the way it starts out. It's a banger, you know, and then, then it becomes, you know, Gene Simmons burn, bitch burn, you know, uh, lonely is the hunter is not that great of a song to me under the gun is pretty cool. They even played it live on that uh, kiss animalized video that they put, po- they put out in, in 85, um, thrills in the night. Eh, you know, it was, it was, they tried to make it a single. It just really didn't do much. Um, murder in high heels. I don't, I don't, I don't like that song much. Um, so it was, it, it kind of just kept getting weaker and weaker. And then they would try to throw a you know, cool riff in there with like under the gun, but it just, it didn't do it for me. So uh, that's why it's my number 13. Okay. Real, real quick. Uh, just want to touch on this. And I, I noticed it, we, I think we all have 12 left, right? And out of the 12 left, we haven't mentioned eight albums yet. So I think that's pretty impressive that we have eight albums in our top 12 that all of us haven't even mentioned yet. I was just kind of going to quick math, I think is what it is. Just thought that was interesting. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, that means we have a lot of very similar, maybe obviously the order might be different, but we you know, we have mentioned that of the twelve, you know, that's pretty good. So, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, that's where we're gonna bring things to a close for part one of Kiss Worst to First. Remember, you can listen to all of our episodes whenever or wherever you like by clicking like or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com.
If you listen to us on YouTube, be sure to leave us a comment and ring that bell to be notified when we post a new episode. And remember to tune in to our next episode for part two of Kiss Worst to First. On behalf of Kenneth, Sklo, and myself, stay safe and always turn it up to 11. See ya. See ya.